0: Welcome to Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. Jeff Bucknam is the lead teaching pastor at Harvest Bible Chapel. I'm your host, Tommy Kreitz, and we are going to get into some conversation today because everyone has a story. And before we get into that specific conversation, there's a lot going on. We just had Thanksgiving, which was delicious and great. I know that you uh, don't particularly love Thanksgiving food. Me? You. Yeah. Yes.
1: I'm not a big fan of the, uh, ma- the mashed potato. Really? No. Is it the texture? Uh it's just some people like wh- they whip them to death, don't they? Yeah, they do. They turn them into some sort of cream of wheat. Yeah, and I'm not all a big cream fan. Of of, I'm not a big fan of the of the mushy mashed potatoes. But if you throw garlic in a mashed potato and you keep it a little bit chunky, yeah, I'm in. Elevates
0: it. Yeah, it Amazing. does. <laughs> well, we hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving. Mm. And uh, there's a new thing that's coming out. I watched it a little bit um, online. It's called the Metaverse. Have you heard about this? Yes. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Yep.
1: From the the brain of Mark Zuckerberg comes your future.
0: That's right. The brain of Facebook and all of the good and amazing things that that brought to our life. Now we have something on the horizon. All right.
1: Describe the Metaverse.
0: So the Metaverse is... They changed the
1: name of their company to Meta.
0: Yeah. So the parent company now is Meta and Facebook exists. They're all in. Under that. Yeah. Like they rebranded. A huge company.
1: All right. And they're like their symbols, like an infinity symbol. Yeah. It's very I mean, futuristic. It is very, very weird. Anyway, so, metaverse, what is it?
0: It's a so it is it's not launched yet. It's still in, you know, production. There's still I mean and the technology just doesn't exactly exist yet. So they're working towards it. But essentially it's going to be this entirely virtual World. reality space. Yeah world
1: you can go online and you can actually watch the the uh, video that they did is kind of like a commercial for it yeah it's like an hour it's awful yeah Yeah. like i'm just gonna be honest it's basically you sitting virtually in a room with other people Mm -hmm. who have made their themselves look like whatever they want like you can be a a fish or a you can be a a monster or dragon you can do whatever you want there yep and you sit in this room with them and and now here's the crazy part you talk. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so you basically are sitting virtually in a room Yes. Talking. Yes. Instead of sitting in a room actually and talking like this. Yeah, you're gonna sit virtually in a room and, and talk. Yep. This is your future, folks. It's the future. Yeah. Hovering around the axios in center in, in <laughs> space, getting fat while you see things on your video screen. That's, that is uh, a
0: Wally. movie. That's a movie. Wally. Yeah. It so it has like a marketplace. Where you purchase whatever. I'm sure they'll monetize you get everything. To purchase. Decorations for your virtual reality house. <laughs> <laughs> your spaces. Really? You, The craziest like, it's kind of like, they called it meta because it actually is super meta, right? They, they have in the virtual reality, you can watch TV, a TV on your virtual house wall in virtual reality. Why? I have no idea why wouldn't you just watch so from the brain
1: of mark zuckerberg comes the real world the real so fake basically, the
0: real fake world and then if you have to venture outside for some reason you can get special glasses that um, it's something called augmented reality which kind of gives you you know pops up on your gla- in your glasses yeah yeah like google and, glass for exactly. a while there that you can yep. walk
1: around and you can video everybody you're yes. talking to with yeah. facial recognition <laughs> <boop>. software <laughs>
0: Yeah, so basically, you'll always be connected Good. to this virtual space, which is just terrifying. I
1: need I need to know whenever my name is mentioned anywhere on the internet, ever.
0: Yeah. Ever. And you, <laughs> Don't you? No, yeah, I so and need to. It's going really
1: it to be really healthy for all of us.
0: Yep, it's going <laughs> to... my word. Self-image is going to go up. For sure, none of the problems that exist with oh social media god. now will be amplified. Oh, my god. It is a what? Oh a, my world. Yeah, it's going away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, that's a thing. And uh Come Lord Jesus. Yes, before that, please. And um yeah, is that anywhere in the in Revelation, Jeff? I'm sure the that there's a way for
1: us to shove it in there. Yeah. Isn't that the way we do re- we use Revelation? That's right. We'll just shove it into one yeah. of the symbols. Yeah. It's, I'm sure it's the mark of the beast. Yeah. Well, Every, hey. Everybody thinks whatever Everything's is the mark is the of the beast, yeah. My goodness. There was a lot of years, though, where people in, with the Book of Revelation were, like, they tried to identify, you know, that this is Gorbachev, or this is the—it the, yeah. was always the Russians, right? Yeah. It was always the it Russians. It was. Now, I've heard people, Putin and yep. the North Korean stuff. I heard people talking about how Trump was the Antichrist mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. So— Anyway, I don't even know. Changes every yeah. every couple of why, years. Why read the Bible in its context? There's no need <laughs> to prove a point, of course. <laughs> All right,
0: but yes, we uh, uh, we have a conversation that's coming up today. We do? we do. Yes, with Jennifer Abaticola, who is the senior director of campus life and Harvest Kids at our church, and she has a story, and we are going to uh, have it's a, conversation. a fascinating story. Yes.
1: Yeah. And we're gonna have a conversation difficult, about it right now. Difficult circumstances. Yeah. So be ready for this one.
0: Yeah. Here we go. Let's get into it.
1: Here I am with Jen Abatacola. I said it right again. Correct. Jen Abatacola. Good job. And she is the first woman who we are interviewing on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You are the, I don't know, what's the first woman who's done a lot of things? I can't think right now. You are the Hillary Clinton of our podcast.
2: Good. Love that.
1: <laughs> anyway, it's great to have you.
2: Thanks for inviting me.
1: Yeah, of course. I'm really excited to talk to you a lot. You have quite a lot of things I have questions about. (laughs) Um, First of all, you need to tell people who don't know, know who you are, who you are and what you do here at Harvest Bible Chapel and for how long you've done
2: it. Well, I am 54 years old and I have five kids. I love the Lord with my whole heart what I want people to know first, and his word. And um, I've been on staff here for 15 years, uh, went to church here in the 90s, then moved around the country, then moved back here, and came back to Harvest, and then the next year came on staff. So I've been on staff since 2007, and um, I'm a single mom, Mm. and uh, I come from a great legacy of beautiful Christian people.
1: Well, I'm going to ask all sorts of questions about all of that okay. in the coming moments. Um, first, where are you from? Like, where's your home? What do you call home?
2: I grew up in Prospect Heights, Illinois, which is um, just a little bit north of the Rolling Meadows campus.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of your, have you always lived in Chicago land?
2: Except for went to college. I went to Liberty University in the 80s. Who doesn't? Well, nobody did then.
1: Okay. So you were like the trailblazer, just Mm -hmm. like you are with a podcast here. Okay. (laughs) You went to Liberty University. Why did you go to Liberty University?
2: I um, liked their rules. I was really afraid of going. I wanted to go to college. I'm the first woman in my family to graduate from college. Mm. And um, I wanted to go to college, but I didn't want to deal with uh, cleaning up my roommate's puke because they got drunk or walking into the dorm room and they were in bed with their boyfriend. So oh. I wanted to go to a Christian college with all the rules.
1: Okay. But you chose Liberty and you had to deal with all that anyway. No, I didn't. Oh, I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't know anything <laughs> at all about Not Liberty Not in the 80s. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you grew up though in Prospect Heights mm-hmm. and you are, how many kids or how many family members do you have?
2: I am one of four.
1: Okay. Youngest, yeah. oldest?
2: I'm the oldest girl.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. So mama. You're like the second mama.
2: Yeah, natural born leader. Yep. Went to Wheeling High School, got a great education. District 214 in the state of Illinois is really great. And grew up in a wonderful Christian family. I think I
1: ride my bike through Wheeling. You could. I do. When I go from my house, sometimes I ride to the to the Rolling Meadows campus. Hmm. I think I go through, would I go through, uh, I, I live in Barrington. Do, I, do I, I, I wouldn't do that. That's too far, I, further north yes. is Wheeling. Mm-hmm. All right. But northwest suburbs—that's your—that's yes. your jam. Yes. Okay, except for those few weird years at uh, at
2: college. At college.
1: Did you come to faith in Christ as a little girl, or you, like you up, You said you've come from a, mm-hmm. a, a history of a lot of Christian, lovely Christian people.
2: Yeah. Uh, the day before uh, my sixth birthday in 1973, I was sitting in children's church. That's what we used to do during church after Sunday school. And wait a
1: minute, I, wait a minute. You had Sunday school and then you had children's church. Mm-hmm. So was there ever a moment that you'd be in church church?
2: Not until we got into middle school.
1: Oh, okay. Was that like a bit of a shock when you got there?
2: Well, we were excited. We got to grow up and going get out of children's church. church. How yes. long
1: did the excitement last? One Sunday? I loved
2: going to church. <laughs> That's <laughs>
1: yes. awesome. That's great. I can imagine most kids are like, wait a minute. I really I loved it. This.
2: Yes. No, I loved it. Um so I come from generations of beautiful Christian people who love the Lord, and but I still had to make a decision for myself. So on March 28, 1973, I was sitting in Children's Church, and as the Holy Spirit does his work, he pressed down on my little heart, and I knew I didn't have a relationship with God, and I raised my hand, and I walked to the back of the classroom, my little black patent leather shoes, and down the tile hall, and sat on the second step of the back steps of the church, and gave my heart to the Lord, and I, it was real. He's never left me. He's been nothing but good to me and faithful to me, even in hard times, and I've had plenty of them in my life, disappointments, and uh, I have no regrets of following Jesus.
1: That's great. What kind of church was it?
2: A Bible church. It was called Mount Prospect Bible Church. So like a old.
1: non-denominational kind of church, mm-hmm. or is it, yeah, okay. yeah,
2: typical nineteen seventies growing up in the Midwest. Um,
1: So, describe typical 1970s growing up in the Midwest. Like, what kind of. Describe your life in the 1970s growing up in the Midwest. Cold all the time.
2: I love it here. Okay. Yeah, I e- love Illinois. Even uh-huh. the cold. I love the Arctic. I love the snow.
1: Okay. Do yes. you love the summers?
2: I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do you
1: love the spring? I
2: do. I love and it. the fall. I do. <laughs> I really love life. Jeff. I know you do. <laughs> Um, a little bit of a fundamentalist upbringing, like I couldn't play cards, I couldn't go to movies.
1: Did you ever play cards or go to movies e- anyway?
2: Not till I was older.
1: Okay. Yeah. So not, not really. Couldn't re- get
2: my ears pierced. couldn't wear makeup, I had to wear a dress to church. Uh, okay. Could wear jeans to school on Fridays.
1: Oh. Did you like Fridays because you could wear I jeans did. to school? Yeah, okay. I did.
2: Mm-hmm. My parents had calmed down by the time my baby sister came along 11 years later, so she had a whole different set of rules, Yeah, and they started playing cards and everything, so it was okay. It It was was a big deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you
1: good at cards now?
2: Well, I am a highly competitive person, so uh, I love every game. I played pinball on Saturday night and loved it.
1: This this Saturday night, you played pinball?
2: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
1: There is... There's a pinball machine it still Field somewhere mall. in. Okay, yes, there is lots
2: of them. Led Zeppelin, Kiss, oh Ghostbusters, <laughs> yeah, all of them. Oh so my yeah. god! I true. used to play it in the um, basement of Randhurst Mall. I used to play all kinds of arcade games. I loved them.
1: Okay, but that was after the, your family kind of opened up to it. You'd like you weren't the kind of kid who would go and sneak into Randhurst Mall mall and play pinball and no. listen to Kiss mm no. Okay.
2: Yeah. I um, memorized 800 Awana verses, and so I earned a radio because you got points for memorizing Awana verses so that I could listen to WLS and listen to secular music in my backyard laying out. So oh. that was my big rebellious streak.
1: Okay. Backyard laying out.
2: Laying out, getting tan in the summer. Oh, okay. hmm Okay. So that's how I that got introduced big- to secular music. Okay. Who
1: was your... When, when that happened... Okay, before you got into secular music, what bands were your were your thing? Any, any my like first non-secular? concert
2: ever was Amy Grant at Great America six weeks before she got married. Wow, that was my first concert ever. Then after that, like my parents took us to the Gaithers.
1: Mm, do you like the Gaithers?
2: It, I appreciate them. Wow, I think he's probably a lovely man. That's
1: for that's a Jenna no. Right there. There's um, something
2: sweet about all of it.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like, Have you listened to the Gaithers? Sweet is not a word I'd use. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Gaithers. God bless them. Yeah, no, that's 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 good. So your first, okay, so the secular band, when you first kind of started getting mm-hmm. into it and you listening to music, what year was that? Uh, probably 1981. 1981.
2: 1980. All right, what's the, who did you? Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy. <laughs>
1: Did you have a? Did you have a, a, huge a crush, crush on him? Sean? Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> Who didn't? Yuck. I mean, I did. not I mean, God
2: bless him, but you
1: know. <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah, it's fantastic. So you went to college, uh, mm-hmm. Christian College. You were you enjoyed Liberty, I'm assuming. Yes. Okay, you hesitated there. Mm-hmm. Why did you hesitate to answer that? Were there things about Liberty that you struggled a lot with, or is it largely a good experience?
2: Um. It was good. I have beautiful friends from that, that I'm still friends with. I have friends from every every decade of my life.
1: Wow. And you still keep up up with all mm-hmm. of
2: them, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of them. That's great. What was I'm your very de- blessed.
1: What was your degree in?
2: Journalism. Wow. Public Wh- relations, how to solve problems in crisis, why, which I love.
1: Why that? Why journalism?
2: Um, I wanted to have an impact on the world, okay. and I was curious and so, and I really loved public relations, which I think now is probably more like um, image management or branding management or something like Back
1: that. Back then, it wasn't wasn't that.
2: Mm-mm. What was it? Uh, th- there was if there was a crisis, you got called. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I never I use it. Like you analyze, plan, implement, and evaluate every problem. Okay. So that's how I solve problems, even in my personal life. I right. Analyze. So it's
1: been a helpful, that, that whole thing has been helpful. College
2: to you. was great for me. I'm a huge fan of college. Yeah.
1: Did you like, uh, like w- when you got done with college, were you planning on going into uh, journalism where you wanted to go write for a newspaper or?
2: Um, I wasn't that good at it. And <laughs> so. Um, how did <laughs> you.
1: When did you come to that realization?
2: Uh, when I kept getting red marks on my papers so <laughs>
1: and they said at the top you're not good."
2: At well I couldn't avoid not saying my opinions okay and so back then you didn't put your opinions you'd be into- perfect now I know that's all they ever do it's shocking yeah yeah um so I graduated and um I thought I was going to get married but I didn't so I just tried to find some temporary work so when you
1: said you you were gonna. You thought you were gonna get married, but didn't. Mm-hmm. Was that was that because generally you thought, hey, my life's gonna go like this, and I'm gonna end up finishing college, and then I'll find a guy and marry him. Or is there a particular guy that you? No, thought there was gonna... a guy.
2: Yeah, and so um, I just tried to find some temporary work, mm. and then um, that didn't work. I, as I was working, the relationship ended.
1: Okay. Were you engaged? No. Okay, but that was you know, it. Was on the table. Yeah. It, yeah, the possibility. Mm-hmm. How old were you?
2: I think it was 22.
1: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a massive shift, right?
2: Yeah, it was heartbreaking.
1: How did you, like, what did you do to deal with that? I didn't.
2: That I didn't deal with it. So. What does that mean? I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any tools to deal with it.
1: So after you've been through it, what would you tell somebody who's 22 years old and whose love of their their young life has. Dumped them? Fall apart. Yeah. Or dumped them or whatever. <laughs>
2: help me um I would say to go get help from a professional okay and don't make any big decisions
1: yeah did you make the big
2: decisions I did what yeah. were they I started a company <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was your rebound <laughs> this company what was the company
2: it, I sold and created graphic design products it was the beginning of desktop publishing okay. so before that it was very traditional and typesetting yeah so I knocked on six hundred doors my first year, and I medicated myself through being a workaholic. Yeah, and um, built a company, I had employees, and office space in Oak Grove, and I loved it. Wow, I love being an entrepreneur. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's knocked very much in my blood. Knocked
1: on six hundred doors. Now, when you say that, I'm assuming there are some people who are listening right now who are thinking to themselves, that is the worst thing I could have ever imagined doing. Mm -hmm. Cold call, like cold call.
2: Mm -hmm. Walk in.
1: Okay, give me the mindset that you have when you walk up to a door and you're going to knock on the door. What do you, like, how do you, are you just the kind of person who just doesn't care what they think?
2: Um, I think that when you're driven to succeed, you real you have to not care about several things, and that would be one of
1: them. Okay. Give me yeah. your spiel. Um. <laughs> Hi there. Thanks uh. for interrupting our dinner. Who are you?
2: Yes. Um, well, it was businesses.
1: Oh, well, that's different. Yeah, yeah. still.
2: Mm-mm. Um, you know, I think when a 22 year old young college grad walks into your business, you you know, you'll take her card. Okay. And talk to her. Yeah. So um, I said, this is what I do, and um, I'll deliver tomorrow. Oh, wow. How much do you charge? What do you pay?
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, they would tell me what they paid, and I would take it. It didn't matter what it was. So there were times I worked for $7.50 an hour. Wow. And there were times I worked for more. Yeah. And there were jobs I screwed up and jobs I didn't, and... Um, you know, it was great. I loved it. So it was so fun. Well, the
1: entrepreneurial kind of spirit requires that kind of hustle. Mm -hmm. It really does. And that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's really, that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, starting a business and stuff is just hustling Yeah, (laughs) and trying to figure out places and ways that you can do it. It's a church planting similar. You just got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, so how long were you doing this?
2: I did it for 16 years.
1: Oh my word. So that, that, I mean, that's a pretty big rebound, but you, were you involved? Uh, did you ever deal with the grief that you had or not?
2: Um, yeah, I think over, over the years I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got super involved in my church, my home church, and I started a singles ministry. Oh, wow. And young adults ministry. They used to call it singles ministry, yeah. I taught three-year-old Sunday school, and so I had a room of 40 children, and I would cry, and they would hug me.
1: Why would you cry?
2: Because <laughs> I was so sad that oh, they would yes. comfort me. I and, see. Yeah. And um, so I just got super involved in my church.
1: Three-year-olds can be a help in those kinds of situations. The Lord was good. Yeah. yeah
2: super sweet. And then... Why three-year-old Sunday school? Because they needed. they needed someone. <laughs> they
1: said, we need a three-year-old Sunday school teacher. And so you're like, I'm me. in.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's great. Yeah. And I, I don't especially like young children. So my sweet spot is when they turn about 10 or 11, 12 years old. Okay. I love that. Yeah. and Why? Um, probably we can do fun things together yeah. that are... A little more
1: content, yeah. a little more, more yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm not made for young children. Okay. So I have friends that just love babies, and my kids call me the baby whisperer because I can really calm babies you can down. make
1: them quiet yeah what's your trick
2: um i whisper in their ear how much jesus loves them oh there it is and then i sing um certain songs that i sing so i sing to my kids in swedish and english and so sometimes whoa I'll
1: whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. So you sing songs in swedish were they from by abba
2: no they were <laughs> songs about jesus my <laughs> Mama, grandparents yes. and parents taught us it's, it's would all Your
1: grandparents taught you. Do you know Swedish? Like not all just only, the songs. Just
2: the songs. Just
1: the songs. Okay.
2: A few things like. You don't have to God. do
1: this, but can you say, sing me the beginning of a Swedish song?
2: No. <laughs> Look,
1: That's I the could, line. That's be some questions already, but that I right there is the line. I don't sing
2: in public. Yeah, I don't sing in public.
1: Okay. Even if you sat stood behind me in church, you wouldn't be singing. Oh no,
2: I would totally sing with the group. Again, oh okay, but not. I'm not uh, going to sing. I am absolutely going to find you. I'm going to stand <laughs>
1: behind you in church, and I'm going to. I'm not going to. Then I'm going to gonna the ask world. the worship team to play a Swedish mm-hmm. song so I can mm-hmm. sing in Swedish. <laughs> That's awesome. You sing Swedish songs and English songs to little kids, and they it just calms them. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, all you young parents out there, give it a try because. You know what it's like when they're young, young parents, you're like, I don't have any idea how to make this kid be quiet. So.
2: Well, one of the best songs for children is by Fernando Ortega. Do you remember him?
1: Oh, I know the name. yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and it's Jesus King of Angels. Okay. And it's really beautiful. It is full of great truth for children. Yeah. And so, um, that's a beautiful song to teach children.
1: That's great. So. You're in this business for 16 years. You must think at the, at, you know, you're 38 or so by the time you're done with it. Are you like, mm-hmm. are you thinking while you're in this business, this is what I'm going to do for my life? Yeah. Are you, are, were you ever, was there ever a point in the, in the business where you were thinking, oh, I, this is not, this isn't, I'm, I'm just, I'm just doing this for the time being. Or it was, you were like, no, I this is. I loved isn't. it. Okay. Yeah. I
2: loved
1: it. You still keep your, your hand in some of that? No. No, not at all. Mm -hmm. Why why did you stop doing it?
2: Uh, So one of my groups of clients were big and tall men's clothes shops Uh throughout the country, and it's a very special line of clothing. And um, it was direct mail. Okay. A lot of my work was direct mail, when that was a thing. And so after 9-11, the 9-11 attacks became anthrax, oh yeah yeah and so the mail was stuck in the postal warehouses
1: yeah that's for those people who don't know that anthrax is a substance that, that supposedly some people were sending stuff through the mail mm-hmm. and so there's a real freak out by a lot of people about oh my goodness the mail going to be
2: yeah, yeah and that put a lot of of those small businesses out of business okay and i remember um when i like i pretty i had a You know, accounts receivable and all of that. And I remember when I got my last dime of my accounts. I had never been at zero in accounts receivable before. Wow. And I got my last check.
1: And so you could, so did you you close the business largely based upon you just, it's not going to make it anymore?
2: Yeah, I had um, moved. So uh, I got married in 1992 to Mark. And then, well, I want to ask you about that, too. Yeah, so we moved around the country with his job. Okay. And so we were in New York yeah. on Long Island, living when I got that last check. And, um, like, I was able to, my clients followed me everywhere. Mm. So it was great.
1: Okay, so talk to me a little bit about, how did you meet Mark, your your husband?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I was 12, I think, and he was 15. Oh,
1: okay, that's... Uh... That went a different way than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: at Bible Camp at Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. So there were predominantly three churches, Moraine Valley, Emmanuel Bible, and Mount Prospect Bible from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Tinley Park, Berwyn, and Mount Prospect that went to this camp. Okay. And uh, he was from Berwyn, which is right outside, right on the west side of the city. Okay. So he's kind of like a city boy. And I was from Prospect Heights growing up around farms. And we had this great big group of friends and um, like I knew his brothers and um, so we all would go to summer camp and then during the school year, we would they all the guys and some of the girls would pile in cars and come up to Mount Prospect for Sunday night church and then we would go out for pizza. And um, so I remember seeing him, and uh, I liked his friend. His name is Eric, and so he would bring Eric up because he could drive, and we would go on double dates. He was dating um, this girl named But he was the other guy.
1: He was dating somebody else, and you were with Eric. Mm -hmm.
2: I hardly talked to him, and I didn't really totally know him, but we rode in the same car together.
1: (laughs) Okay. Way back when.
2: Yeah. So um, he uh, went through a rough time in his life, Mm -hmm. and I went to college. He went into the military, And he went to the Gulf, first Gulf War. Yeah, early 90s. Mm -hmm. And he gave his heart back to the Lord standing in the desert and came back to Chicago. Everybody was worried about him, like,
1: you know. Why?
2: Uh, Because everybody loved him and they knew he had had a hard time in life. And so um, we went, I said, one of my friends was talking to me about him and I said, well, I'll take, take him out for lunch and see what's going on. And so...
1: Okay, was there any kind of, uh, was that just a friendly thing? Oh, yeah, just there was platonic. no interest in okay.
2: nothing, ever. He was not my type in any way. Why not? Too wild, too <laughs> much of a past. Okay. It just wasn't, yeah. It was, it, everything, I like, just no chance ever. But we met at Bailey's Restaurant on Arlington Heights Road in Arlington Heights, and just, We laughed and got along and enjoyed each other and started dating. And
1: were you so, you would have been surprised after that first meeting?
2: Oh, yeah. Shocked. Mm -hmm. Were
1: you shocked because he was uh, different than you remember or just shocked because you just never really gotten to know him? And all of a sudden you're like, wow.
2: I was shocked that I was attracted. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: My wife says that to me every day.
2: Does she? Yeah. I'm shocked. I understand that. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs>
1: um, okay, so how long did you date?
2: Uh, we dated from April of 1991, and then in February of 1992, he asked me to marry him. Wow. And then how we get you? Okay,
1: it. but how did he ask you to marry him?
2: We went to uh, Bicentennial Park out in Evanston by Northwestern University, along the lake. Okay. And he asked me. He no, surprised noth- me.
1: Nothing big though. Like you, there weren't. Wasn't like a.
2: Well, that wasn't done then. You just asked someone to marry you. Like, it it wasn't like a Hollywood. Yes, totally. it's it's well. Now it's moved on to homecoming. Homecoming, like you know, (laughs) I know. Like, gosh, it's a lot.
1: It is a lot. Yeah.
2: If I ever get married again, I don't even want to be engaged. Yeah. I don't want a wedding. Like, I want a wedding. I want to get married, but I don't want to be like. It's a production. It's Crazy. That's right. Yeah.
1: So uh, you were married to him for how many years?
2: Uh, just short of 25. Yeah. So he passed away in July and yeah. we would have celebrated 25 years in December.
1: Yeah. I'm going to ask you about that. You guys had, um, at some point along the way here, you guys started getting involved in ministry though. It sounds mm-hmm. like you moved around. Like, why did you move around? What was his work?
2: Uh, well, he always wanted to be a pastor. Even when we first got married, oh, Wow. I didn't totally understand that when we got married <laughs> And I said, I'll never be a pastor's wife, and I have no interest in being in ministry, ever. It's never happening. He kept trying to be in ministry. didn't work out. And so he went um, and applied for a job at the airlines at O'Hare. Uh, he was in a really desperate place in his life where he was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And I said, what do you love?
1: What was he trained to do? What was his, uh, just military? military. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. okay. I said, what do you love, Mark? And he goes, I love airplanes. I said, well, then go to the airport and don't come home until you have the job you want. Yeah. And he went to the airport and came home with a job he loved.
1: Which is the job?
2: He just worked for an airline. Um, like um, It was called Great Lakes. It was mm-hmm. part of American Airlines. And then um, he was working on his degree, and he met some people from American, and they were hiring, and they hired him. He loved it. He loved working for American. And... Um, came home one day and said they want to transfer me to new york
1: okay and i'd
2: never been there and well you'd
1: only ever lived in like right. virginia for a few years in
2: chicago right and so i said okay okay
1: that easy yes really jen
2: mm-hmm.
1: not even a hesitation you're like all right new york sounds good
2: no i, I cried because i was a little like i was like okay i'm leaving everything i know yeah but i was i wanted to do what the lord wanted me to do and i I knew, like, I wouldn't lose if I did that. Yeah. So um, we moved to New York. Long Island. Long Island. Long Island. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, then we were there for four and a half years, and then we moved to Indiana outside of Indianapolis with American. He okay. was the GM of Indy. And we lived there for four months, and then they wanted to promote him again to another GM in Raleigh. Wow. So we moved to Raleigh to and I, we lived in Cary, North Carolina, which is right outside of Raleigh, and I loved it and I never wanted to leave.
1: Okay, before we get any further, mm-hmm. best thing about Long Island, New York. Best thing. When you look back on it, you think, I, I really like that part of it.
2: The neighborhoods. Okay. Yeah, it was beautiful. Just the it was Mayberry. Like, okay. It was Mayberry. Stuff
1: like that, like mm-hmm. those setup and the look of them, and yeah, okay. yeah, it was great. Best thing about uh, just outside of Indianapolis?
2: The house I lived in. Why? So I went from like 1,200 square feet and uh, four children and a dog and one bathroom to this enormous house because he got a pay raise, and it wasn't Long Island. Yeah. And we took off the sho- our shoes at the front door and went running and screaming for this beautiful house. It was like a movie. It was really something. We didn't have enough furniture. We didn't have anything. Yeah. But it was great. It was.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the best thing about Cary, North Carolina?
2: Um, reuniting with my college friends. Yeah. And um, going to their church. And we helped them uh, in their Sunday school class. They taught seniors in high school how to defend their faith before they went off to like UNC. Wow. And um, so this was uh, Tim and Charlene, and just the greatest people. And um, put me on a journey that I'll never forget of just loving God's word. So she convinced me to go to a Bible study, which was verse by verse through Romans. Yeah. And I learned how to study the Bible in depth by myself Hmm. with 500 other women.
1: Right. And I loved it. It's like a joy and discovery that you get. It's like a treasure hunt. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness.
2: The pastor of the church stood up one day and said, I'm really tired of people telling me what Christians believe who never opened the Bible for themselves. Yeah. And I gasped and I was like, that's me. And he just taught straight from God's word contextually.
1: Yeah.
2: So I um like just started getting up early and spending hours in God's word every morning. Couldn't get enough of it. And I'm so grateful. So that So
1: when you say you spent hours in God's Word, you were using curriculum though that was from the the fr- from your church or were you do you know what I mean? Like sometimes people would the verse by verse stuff, there's different ministries that do it, Simeon Trust and, and uh, precept and other mm-hmm. ones. Were you using stuff like that or were you just sitting down and reading the Bible?
2: Well, this husband and wife would study Romans verse by verse and they had some kind of training in God's word in the languages. And then, um, she would teach the women and he would teach. So on, I think it was Monday nights, he would teach 500 men, the same portion of Romans that they had studied the whole week. Mm. And they do that, did this book by book by book of the Bible. And she would teach women Tuesday mornings. That's great. And, uh, we would have our small group time first where we would go through it and share. Mm. And then we would go be taught. So we, she could, we couldn't be regurgitating what she said. No, that's right. We had to, it was great. So you had to
1: do your homework. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved it. That's great. Was that kind of your first foray into, into ministry in that regard? Like you started thinking, oh, I could see myself doing something like this.
2: Mm -mm, Never wanted anything to do with it. it. We argued for 18 years about him being in ministry. Never wanted anything to do with it. There was no way. Okay. Why did you change? What changed your mind then? Um, so he got a call. He, we came back to Harvest. So then we moved back to Chicago. And I said, why would we move back to Chicago? And? And he said, I mean, he was standing on the landing of the stairs and I was standing in the foyer and we were looking at each other. And I said, I'm not moving back to Chicago. And he's like, yes, we are. We're moving back to Chicago. And I'm like, well, I'm not living in Prospect Heights not living in the south northwest suburbs. And he's like, okay, but we're moving back to Chicago. And so he got recruited from American back to um he got recruited from American to United after they came out of bankruptcy and yep. we moved back to Chicago and then you wanted to come back to harvest. Where would you live? Uh well we were looking so we were living at my parents' townhouse looking because okay. we didn't want to live apart. Yeah yeah. It wasn't good for the kids. And so, um, so like we just crashed at my parents' townhouse and American, I mean, United put all our stuff in storage. Yeah. And so we looked and now, and then he settled on Hampshire and I didn't want to live in Hampshire, but he did. And so (laughs) he was a good Italian. He got his way. And, um, so we built a house in Hampshire, which is a farm town, 14 miles west of Elgin, which is where we're sitting now.
1: Okay. But you got to design your own home.
2: Uh, well, he designed it. Oh, he yeah. designed
1: it. Jen, <laughs> I find it difficult to believe that you I didn't know. have a voice in these matters. I got
2: to pick up the appliances for the kitchen. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. You still live in the house? I do. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So, um, at what point, so you come to Harvest Bible Chapel. Why did you choose Harvest? Uh, he did. Okay.
2: Yeah, he
1: did. And you were cool with it?
2: No. I Why? said, I'm never going to that church. Why? <laughs> Uh, just cause, um, I just, um, I don't know. I, I can't tell you exactly why.
1: It just didn't have the, the Mm-mm. feel for you Mm-mm. in your gut, but you guys ended up coming to Harvest mm-hmm. and I'm assuming you started to like it.
2: I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much. I love the people here. <laughs> yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. They're but precious. Your,
1: your husband at some point started into ministry mm-hmm. and why was he before you?
2: No, I came on staff in 2007, June. And he came to on to staff um, to start a camp, a day camp okay. in the summer, like a VBS, Yeah. and um, to help out in children's ministry. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And he came on to staff here?
2: Family Ministries um, in March of 2008.
1: Yeah, March of 2008. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how long did uh, you guys, so you worked together for several years.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that was good, working together in the same church and building and...
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. It wasn't great working together. No, I imagine. <laughs> it wasn't.
1: No. Mm. I it would be hard.
2: But I loved helping him. Yeah. So I I loved being a wife and I it was the I wanted to have a career and be a wife. Yeah. And so I loved helping Mark. I anything I could do to help him, I wanted to do. Okay. I wanted him to love what he was doing. Um his dream was coming true. He wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to help him do that, and I wanted to use my gifts to help him in any way I could.
1: That's great. What was his? Wh- what kind of pastor was he? Pastor of family ministry. So oh, okay. he had birth through college. That's great.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you were kind of working in the part of that mm-hmm. setting, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you need to talk to me about your husband's death was sudden.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Very sudden. Like he's a health, was a healthy guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. He took really good care of himself.
1: Yeah. If you don't mind just sharing in however brief or long you want, What? how, how did his death come about?
2: So we were at, um, my parents had a lake house in Door County that for 20 years. Door County is like north, it's in Wisconsin. There's yeah. a peninsula that shoots up into Mich- Lake Michigan. And it's known as like the Cape Cod of the Midwest. It's just really beautiful and quiet and um So uh, he actually didn't like it there, and um, he doesn't like lakes. He was, you know, my parents got him, like, his own TV and direct TV, like anything to (laughs) keep him happy. They were very sweet to him. And um, so uh, we were there in 2017 for the 4th of July, and I mean, Jeff, I could go on and on. For hours about all of this and what the Lord did and the whole story. So I'm just because I'm being brief doesn't mean that there nope. isn't a thousand stories to tell because there are, yeah. but, um, I'm just going to be super brief with sure. that. If that's okay. Um, so we were out in a kayak and, um, we were coming back in and, um, we were almost to the pier and, um, Our two youngest children were standing on the shore, and then another couple in their early 20s who, just a couple weeks before they were supposed to get married, were standing there in the water. And I was sitting in the front. He was sitting in the back. He said, I can't breathe. And I heard a splash. And he was a big jokester. Yeah. And um, so I thought he was joking. Yeah. And the kids thought, everyone thought he was joking, but then soon realized he didn't, he wasn't joking um, again, a thousand details. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, um, he passed away. It was instant. Wow. And, um, my sister and I, uh, gave him CPR and, um, the young man that was about to get married was pumping his chest. Yeah. And, um, okay. I, I Called, like, I I remember, like, stepping over his body and running up the grass, up the pair of the grass to my kids, and only two of them were there. One was um, on the West Coast, and two others had just left on a pontoon boat. Yeah. And I grabbed Tommy, and I shook him. And I said, I pointed to his dad, and I said, this changes nothing about how you feel about God. Hmm. You will love Jesus every day of your life, won't you? And he's like, yes, mommy, I said, say it louder. And he said it louder, and I said, promise me, I want I want you to promise me, say it louder. And I was shaking him. I was shaking him. Hmm. My greatest fear is that my children would walk away from the Lord. Yeah. So I'm shaking him. And he's like, I promise you, I promise you, and like, every, my, you know, little Sophie was nine years old and I'm shaking her promise me we'll love Jesus every day of your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this won't this won't change that. And she's like, yes, mommy. Yes, mommy. Like,
1: cause that would be the fear, right? I mean,
2: right. witnessing
1: your dad fall out of a boat and, and not come back to life would be mm-hmm. heartbreaking mm-hmm. and certainly heartbreaking for you. I'm assuming that it's, I mean, so four years ago or so, and I'm assuming it's still relatively
2: fresh. Yeah, the Lord is so good in his healing, and when you go hard after that, um, he does a lot of work, but everybody's journey's different. So I um, have had dear friends who have lost their spouses and met people, and um, my grandma actually has almost the exact story. Her husband died when she was 50, mm-hmm. left her with four kids, almost the same age as my kids it was uncanny, the parallels of our story. Hmm. And so, um, you know, everybody's story is different. Yeah. Um, I, I love life and I wanted to live and I have um, a faith in God's sovereignty and in his character. It's the truth of who God is that saved me. It's all the theology that saved me. It wasn't the warm, fuzzy thoughts or the positive scriptures pulled out that people share with you that mean well or the worship songs. It was actual theology that saved me. And the years I had poured myself into all of that Bible teaching Mm -hmm. and um, read John MacArthur's commentaries for fun. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't deny that God is good. He created goodness. It is who he is. However you want to say it, it didn't stem from us and he decided to do it. Hmm. Like it is who he is. It originates from him. He birthed it. And, um, you know what I mean by that? I right? do. Yeah. I don't want any, like when you're talking about theology, so many times you have to say every single word, right? No. Or people yeah. freak uh, out. I, like, no. I, you know, so I like, he's only good. So there's nothing, he would never do something not good to me. Yeah. I'm his daughter. Like every part of the Bible says that. Yes. The fact that I can't see that in that moment doesn't mean it's not true. Mm. So I would sit on the couch in our, I have a room in my house because it's white, and white's my favorite color. It's called the white room. I would sit there and tell my children this. I had been taught in college that where there's no vision, the people perish. And I didn't want my family to perish. So I gave them a vision. And it went like this, and now it's plastered on the side of my house. Who's in charge? The leader always goes first. I said, I'm in charge of this family now. And then the leader makes the promise first. You don't ask anything of your people that you're not willing to do yourself. And so I said, I promise to take good care of you, knowing that if I promise to take good care of them, I would be setting a standard that they would take good care of me and of themselves. And they, they would have the confidence, as God does, that he, God promised to take good care of us. I was going to model that. And then um, what are we going to do together? We're going to stick together.
1: Hmm.
2: We're not going to eat each other alive. We're not going to judge each other on how we grieve. If we're not all winning, no one's winning. All these kinds of thoughts right. I instituted into my family, into my children. And
1: they bore fruit from what I can Mm -hmm. told me in the past. Yeah,
2: all five of my children love the Lord. It's fantastic. It's really miraculous. And the last one, it was four parts. My mom's in charge of this family. She promises to take good care of us. We promise to stick together. And then finally, what's your promise, guys? I promise to love and follow Jesus. I promise no matter what, we're going to love and follow Jesus. And I would just have these talks with them that were based on theology Mm -hmm. and the truth. And, um, you know, people would say things like, you know, you, you can do whatever you want. You're grieving. And they would leave and I would look at my kids and I said, does the Bible say we can do whatever we want? No. Mm-hmm. Show me in the Bible where it says we can do whatever we want regardless of what we're going through.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It doesn't. Yeah. So we're not we're not going to do anything stupid.
1: It's good advice.
2: Yeah. Like, no, of course, mommy. We're not going to do anything no, stupid. No, but you're right. Yeah. And then
1: it tends to be the, um, you know. Mm-hmm. People in an attempt to show kind therapy or yeah. try try to say, hey, you know, it's a special time. If you do anything at all, don't worry too much about it. It's just well,
2: you pay for that later. Yes, you do. Yes, yes, you do. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, you've been the child. You're the children's. I'm sorry. I to, I want to call you the children's field. pastor. I know. I, I love have when no you problem do. love <laughs> saying that, but.
2: <laughs> I giggled the first time and texted all my friends.
1: <laughs> uh, so, anyway, you are the director at a children's space. Yeah, ministry. I'm the senior director of Ivy's okay. Kids. Mm-hmm. And you love it. I do. Yeah. You write your own curriculum. We do. And that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you, I got to be honest, One something that people don't know about you that I'm going to. Ask you about now. You're involved in other things though. You like outreach things. Tell me a little bit about some of the stuff that you've been doing around. Like you're involved in a little bit in the city. Mm-hmm. What do you do?
2: Uh, well, I wish I did more. Of so course. yeah, um, I think uh, I like to find people who are smarter than I am and know how to do things really well that are already doing effective ministry, and hook up with them and learn from them and help in whatever way we can.
1: Yeah. So you've been able to do mm-hmm. some of that work. Yeah. In the city, city of a,
2: Refuge yeah, on great. the West side of Chicago and some other things. Yeah. I wish we did more.
1: Yes. Well, we will be doing more Lord yeah. willing, mm-hmm. in the days ahead. Um, that's great. What's the future look like for Janet Baticola? What do you want to do?
2: I, um, Want to share the gospel with more people in Chicagoland than ever before, and that my best days of ministry are ahead of me. Yeah, I want. So that's in my job. I want to um, rock in birthday number fifty-five in March, in March. In March, and um, be stronger and healthier. So I so love what we've learned about um, our bodies, and that um, we can be stronger if we exercise and do certain things
1: what's your favorite exercise
2: uh well i don't like exercising well i know but if you had to you i like efficiency and i don't like to waste time so i would say uh this year i perfected the romanian deadlift
1: (laughs) (laughs) at a girl because
2: it's the most amount of muscle use yeah it
1: is in the shortest amount of time correct (laughs) did you look that up
2: i did i studied it (laughs) google that (laughs) what
1: is the least (laughs) good for you
2: yeah that's so, fantastic, yes. the Romanian deadlift. The Romanian deadlift. The, the year before that was the squat. Okay, Yeah. so you're in the gym. I have a little thing in my home. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, so I learned a lot about weightlifting. Yeah. And um, all the, a lot of little secrets about it. So, That's good. Yeah.
1: That's great. So you want to be, yeah. I want to be super healthy. Healthy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. In every way, in every part of my life, I want to yeah. be healthy. Anything else? Um. Let me see. I uh, you're a dreamer. I do. Yeah, I am. It's one of the
1: things I really like about you is mm-hmm. that you have a yeah. Your mind's going a lot all the trying time. To, always think, have ideas. Yeah. I always have ideas. What else? What else? What else can we do? Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Want to do a lot more of ministry. Yeah. Yeah. But I do have a personal life. So,
1: what's your favorite thing to do in your personal life?
2: Um, I love. Working in my gardens. Okay. And I love trees and flowers, and I have a lot of gardens in my yard, and I love that.
1: So do you like it because you go out there and it's, like, relaxing, or do you go out there because it, I don't know, it's working with your hands or what?
2: Mm-hmm. I like working with my hands. I like being productive. Okay. I like challenges. Gardening is very challenging. Yeah. And I, um, I think it's amazing what you can grow from dirt. And of course, I'm always thinking when I'm doing that. Yeah. And um, my team gets a little nervous when I go on vacation or I take time off because
1: you come back. I come back with ideas. We're so similar.
2: (laughs) 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 But truthfully, um, like the the my team is all women. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And I think I have the most diverse team at Harvest. That's great on staff. And they're all smarter than I am, so I love that too. Would they say that? Well, they should. Yeah. Yeah, they should say that because they all are. Yeah, but I only—I really try hard to hire people that are smarter than I.
1: You know what? For everybody out there, it is the secret to your success. Mm-hmm. Just find people who are better at things than you, mm-hmm. empower them to do their thing, yes. and just get out of the way. Yes. Yeah, I, that's what I do. It's not actually a hard yeah. <laughs> leadership. They're like, "You're such a good leader." No, nope. <laughs> just really good at handing things yeah. over.
2: And then I, I really try to. Um, Exploit their potential for their sake. Yes. And serve them. Yeah. And um what can you be for the Lord? Yeah. Like something more than you ever thought you could be. Yeah. The
1: yeah. people who work with you, Jen, say that you are very much an empowering person for them. So it's oh, good you to hear. That. Yeah. yeah. I mean they I'm say like, other things too, Jen, but I won't share those now. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. They better I've, be good. I've heard nothing else. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Okay, listen, I'm gonna finish this with a
2: Do we have to be done, Jen? Yeah, Come well i love talking so to you. No, it
1: is fun. <laughs> I'm going to do a lightning round, okay? Okay. Before I do the lightning round, why are you so interested in fashion? You are a fashionista. I am? Yes. How are you not? You always have the, all of the clothes look right. All the stuff looks right. I... Where did you get that? Is that a just a...
2: Uh, vanity? I no, don't know. I don't know. Like. You just seem
1: to like... Yeah. Like if I walk into your office here too... It's like walking into the secret garden. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's a different office.
2: I love beautiful things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love to make things beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. That's very kind to say.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, you just yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's great. Thank you. Yeah, it just it's such a marked difference from what people say when they meet me. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually. <laughs> Could you dress Jeff, up just a little bit, Jeff? Just, like, could you wear a shirt,
2: Jeff? Jeff, I just need you to—I just need you to teach the Bible. I just I need you to know. preach the Word. You just, just do that, teach, and you'll be just fine. We don't care how you dress.
1: All right. <laughs> um, I got to tell you something really quickly. I was on this phone call. Just the other do your day, job, no, I was, Jeff. I was on this Zoom call the other day with, and I won't mention the names because then, okay, but names that I would—if I mentioned them, you would know—they were okay. like really well-known mm-hmm. Christian leaders. Um, I. I had taken some medicine the night before um, for some pain in my foot, that and I overslept. So I had to join the Zoom call, and the only place I could do it from is was from my bed. So I put a hat on. I haven't shaved in a mm-hmm. while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Barely awake. Mm-hmm. I put a hat on, and I do the Zoom from my bed. With the, it's on my lap. Isn't and not I'm, lo- I'm looking at it. <laughs> And I, I Zoom on, and the one one of the guys on the thing, who is easily one of the best-known Christian people in the world, goes, oh, so this is Harvest, huh? I said, yeah, I'm sorry I'm late. I overslept because of this. And anyway, it was a Zoom call That's with like great. nine people. And I anyway, and I looked around on the, zoom, the different pick windows, and I thought, one of us doesn't belong. It's okay. <laughs> It's the guy in his bed.
2: That's okay. <laughs> they all... It's oh, okay. they all looked
1: the part. They had their books yeah. behind them Please and don't. everything. Please don't. And a pillow. Please. <laughs> oh, it's so good.
2: I don't know a lot of famous people like yeah, that. so me, me they probably Me do, neither. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so Jen, yeah. lightning round. Kay. Lightning round. Best. I'm starting to sweat. No, no. <laughs> uh, best restaurant that you would recommend to anybody... In the sh- Northwest Chicago suburbs, sis?
2: Regions in Barrington. What's it called? Regions.
1: Regions. Yeah. Why?
2: Dave Perlick is the best chef.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. Best. Um, what kind of sport do you like?
2: Uh, well, of course, baseball. Do you? Yes. Or are you just making that up? No, my son plays baseball.
1: What does your son play? What kind of position?
2: Uh, he plays a lot of positions thankfully his coach set him up for success in that he is a natural athlete Uh, he loves catching but uh, we're gonna he had a little bit of an injury how old is he he's a senior okay yeah i love i loved the bulls in the 90s of course big michael jordan fan no i don't even know who plays on the team um you follow the bears uh, I and was frustrated after Neil Anderson Which was a long time ago Yeah It yeah, so was a long time ago Got into college football Yeah And um, But you know Favorite not, college uh, I don't have one
1: No? You don't have any college football team That you would Mm-mm. cheer for?
2: Mm-mm. No
1: Alright Best book you've ever read Other than the Bible
2: Um. That's hard
1: the lightning round is coming to a grinding halt with the book Can person. you come back to that one? Sure. Okay. Best movie you've ever seen.
2: Pride and Prejudice, the A&E version.
1: The A&E version, not the, what, what's her name version?
2: Not the 90 minute or two hour one. Like the nine hour one.
1: Oh my word. Yeah. There's nine hours of Pride it's, and Prejudice? It's so great. Is it? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that sounds, honestly, that sounds like... A day in a fabric shop for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Do you like fabric shops?
2: I know how to sew. I could make anything.
1: Yeah, but do you like going into fabric I do. shops? Oh, my word.
2: <laughs> I'm a good Swedish girl.
1: Do you make your do-, do? you make your sons do any of this? Go to the fabric shop with you or watch the nine-hour A&E episode? No. God bless you. No. God Robert. bless you. You're a good mother. I you watch know.
2: all the Marvel movies with my sons.
1: Okay. Yeah. If you had to sit down, though, and watch a... If I told you, oh, there's a period piece... From the 1920s, about whatever on A and E, you'd be in because mm-hmm. the period piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and my wife, very similar mm-hmm. people there with yeah, that. Love it. That's great. So, best, best uh, book you've ever read outside the Bible.
2: Um, so there was one. I don't have the title right by John MacArthur called like How to Be Happy. Oh, and it was about the Beatitudes, and it changed my life.
1: Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Jen, thank you so much for talking to me.
2: That's it? That was so easy. I know,
1: but I don't want to beat You were so
2: kind. I
1: don't want to bring the lightning down. I only bring the thunder. Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me.
1: It has been fantastic. God bless you for all the work that you've done here and for uh, how the Lord is using you in your life. And anybody who gets a chance to talk to Jen will be really pleased when they talk to her. Um, Yeah.
2: Thank you. No it's good to absolutely. be with you absolutely yeah, yeah
1: absolutely so God bless the rest Thanks, of you Jim. I hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you the next time